Welcome to a brand new episode of our podcast. Today we've got an incredible guest who's going to share a story that will leave you inspired and motivated. I bumped into this guy, Dee Green, during my time in Budapest, and let me tell you, he's the real deal. Dee's journey is all about turning his business around for almost nothing to a whopping 20k in just a single month. Dee is not just a business wizard, he's a genuinely open and positive person. He's all about helping high-ticket coaches bring in the cash through YouTube. What's more, he's nomadic with his family, which makes him even more admirable. We will hit many topics during this conversation, along with many tools that you will be able to use if you're interested in building your own business. I myself became really motivated after this chat. Let's hope you will feel the same way. Welcome to the show about new ideas on how we live, work and connect. This is Bori V, your host, and in the following episode, together with my guests and listeners, we are again in search of something different. Dee, welcome on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay, so I thought that uh, we can start a little bit on, on the note of how, how you became a nomad and how you travel uh, as a nomad. So you're traveling a little bit different because you're traveling with a family. Yes. And uh, can you tell a little bit about like the beginning on how you decided to become a nomad and, and how did it went down? I mean, like the beginning was uh, 2020. I like started like an online business. And my goal at that time was, this was like a little bit, I think when I started it, it was before the pandemic. It was like a little, like a couple before of weeks ago. Um, my goal is to travel like once every three months. So prior to that point, me and my wife had already been to like Paris. We went to Italy and we had been to London and Spain. So like we were already kind of traveling a little bit. So I was like, oh, this is cool. I, at the, uh, I think it was a year or so before that, I was also doing like travel blogging, like on YouTube. Um, so at first I thought like, oh, this is what I want to do. Then I was like, no, nah, it's like too much, like blogging, like every day and editing. And then it's like, the, the better you get, the more work you're going to have because you have brain. I was like, I don't want to do like that. So I started an online business. I was like, if I could travel once every three months, that'd be awesome. So as we started uh, making more money and looking into that, there started to have like these places during the pandemic that had like these digital nomad visas, like in the beginning, like I think it was like Barbados. They had a couple of countries that were like just the first ones. So they're like, oh, that'd be cool because like you can't really travel, but you could go to these countries. You could live there for like a year and you could stay. So we were going to go to Barbados at, at first, for like a year. So then we started watching videos on it and we're like, oh man, like there's people that are living like a digital nomad life, which is not really trying to live in one place. And you like basically just move and you buy an apartment, you stay there and you try to become a citizen. They're still a citizen of where they live, but they're just like, like on permanent vacation, just going to all these different locations. Um, so we're like, let's actually try that. So. Um, a lot of people suggested in the beginning, like going to Mexico. So for our anniversary in November, we went to uh, Mexico for like two, I think a week. Then um, we we really liked it. So then we're like, all right, let's like when our lease is up, which was going to be in February. So we had November to February. Um, we we're like, let's just test it. So we ended up selling a lot of our stuff. Some of this stuff we put in storage because like if we don't really like this. We could at least come back and we don't have to buy a whole new like bed and all this type of stuff um but we ended up going to mexico and um really liked it and so that was in 2020 february 2021 and uh we've been traveling like ever since which is crazy like 
I was telling someone, I was like, man, my goal in 2020 was to travel like once every three months. And then since then, I've only been in the United States like for probably three months, like totally wow. with a complete like opposite. Amazing. And so there's one thing that I really like about your story uh, next to this, like how you just decided to st- travel with a family that I think I know a lot of uh, people traveling, but I, not that many people travel as a, as a, uh, as a family, as a nomad. Um, but we, we can get back to this, but there's another thing that I really like, uh, and that's how you realize how to run your business. So when you started in Mexico, your financials weren't as good as it is right now, or you weren't in, in a good place, uh, if I remember correctly your story, but how was that? What, what happened there? Yeah. So what happened was like in 2020, I launched my online business and I had invested in like a coach. So Dan Henry, if anyone like that's listening to this, mm-hmm. is like, I want to try to follow the same journey. So it was like Dan Henry. Um, and his whole thing in the beginning was like, here's how to create like an online course. So you can have like passive, like make money, like mm-hmm. not yeah, passive, passively, basically. So I was like, that's cool. Like that kind of like falls in line with like the four hour work week. Where like you have an online yeah. course, you're making money. And then you like you're basically like, on the beach and you're making money. That was kind of like my vision. Uh, a couple of weeks or a couple of months at the time, but um, like into this program, then he's like, actually, a better way to do it is not like having like a course that you sell for like four hundred or a thousand dollars, and you're trying to sell it passively. It's like selling a high ticket program. So when you have a high ticket program, you're selling it for three thousand dollars or more, and it's easier to sell because you can just get people on the call. So we were kind of like, "Hey, do we do this or not?" Like we already were building it in this way. We weren't thinking of getting on calls. We didn't want to have to do any of this type of stuff. But we were like, "Let's just go for it." So um, I remember like having a dinner with my aunt and uncle, like asking them, like, "Yo, I don't know if I want to do this. I don't know if I want to get on sales calls. I don't know. I want to know if I want to do high ticket. Like this is different." And they're just like, you know, kind of just go for it, see what happens. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to try it. So our goal was like to take them out to eat, like the next time we saw them. And by the next time that we saw them, because it was like COVID, you weren't seeing people like all the time. I think the next time we saw them in like a month or two, maybe two months, it was like we were already doing like 20K like a month, like USD. So it was like it started working like really well. We were selling like uh, I was helping pastors uh, use social media to attract like church members. So um, we were selling it for like three thousand. They were joining. Um, so at that time, we were signing up like six, seven people a month. That was going really well. So that's why I was like, all right, moving to Mexico like definitely makes sense. Um, so what happened was we moved to Mexico. At this time, we're doing like twenty, thirty, in between fifteen and maybe thirty like a month. And what happened was I had this uh, idea in my head that I feel like most people have. Maybe this would be important for people listening. It's like. All right, you're making this money, and I'll just move to Mexico or Thailand or Bali, wherever it is, and then like you just outsource everything and just go to the beach. Mm-hmm. And I did that, and everything it was just like like just fell apart because it's like it like it does take work. It takes a lot of attention. We tried to hire a ton of people. We tried to like it was just like not really focusing so much on the business and really just trying to live like this digital uh, like nomad life. I feel like in the beginning that was like I really stopped putting in the work. It was just like okay, we'll just try to automate everything. Which I feel like a lot of people, a lot of people make it seem like that's what it's like. Um, and I realize like yeah. that's usually and like that's not, bullshit. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And that's not <laughs> how it works. And I, anybody who tells you that you can have passive income in just like half half a year, like six months or something, they probably are lying to you. So I don't think that's that that easy. And I th- I'm so happy that you bring this up because I think that's one of like the bad parts about being a digital nomad that they are like putting us together with 
drop shipping and passive income and then guys get rich get fast but i think that's and without any jobs right without any any actual worth that you actually have to put it but i think that's really good that you highlight this i think i will say i think it i'm not going to say like it doesn't work like doing this whole passive thing but i will say this the people that i think it works for are the people that are teaching other people how to do it passively does that make sense it's like that's their business their business is like i'm going to teach you how to move to bali and make money passively. So they're getting you to believe that you pay them. And then, yeah, they're the one that makes the make makes the money passively. But they still but need you, to work on that business. You're the one that like, joins yeah. and you realize like, oh, wait, like this yeah. isn't real. Yeah, that's, <laughs> true. that's true. So um, can you get a little bit more in detail on what happened on, like, how did you manage to just go from kind of, I don't know if it was zero, but to like the, tw- the first 20K? How did that happen? I think like... I'll go into specifics, but I feel like the the general theme is like, this is like the case for almost everybody, right? It's like you invest in yourself or you've come up with this idea and I feel like God or whatever is testing you and you're like going up this like little hill or whatever. And most people just quit right here. It's like, you're almost there. Like if you would have just kept going just a little bit more, like you would have had the success. And I think that's how it was for us. Like we built this thing we invested in the coach. We were almost there. I was doing some calls. No one was buying. It just felt like it wasn't working. And then my wife was like, like, it doesn't matter. Like if we can't pay a bill, like we're going to figure that, like, you're going to just quit everything you're doing just because like, we might not be able to pay something that's just stupid. Like we'll figure it out that if it gets to that point. And then the next week was when, or a couple of days later is when people started buying. So I think just in general, a lot of people, they just give up like way too early. It's like, you're about to uh, like one of I was at this event and this guy that I know, Neil Davis, he's his like motto is like either it's going to work or it's going to work. It's like you got to figure out how to make it work. Like it's going to work. Like it's the only way it doesn't work is if you just give up. So mm-hmm. I feel like for most people, it's like you have what it takes. You have the information, you have the knowledge. It's just like you're giving up too early or you're just not continuing to learn. So basically what I was doing was I had, I guess, like three things that really helped. So I knew at the time, like I'm doing high ticket. This is going to be $3,000. Um, I've never helped this niche like ever. I've never done anything with churches or anything like that. So I knew like my strength could be just getting them to like me. If they, if they liked me enough, they'd be willing to pay me. That was my thought. Hmm. I was like, I'm not, I don't know all the fancy stuff. I don't know all this other type of stuff, but I know like if I was in person, I could get them to like me enough to go, hmm. all right, like that seems cool. Like I'll pay him. So I was like, everyone else is pretty much just DMing everyone. I'm like, that's all they do. And that's cool, but I don't want to do that forever. I want to have like a brand where people are coming to me. So I was like, YouTube is like the best way for me to do that. So I just started creating videos on there to like help them get used to like my personality. I wasn't doing anything fancy. I was doing them all off like my phone. And I was just trying to be authentic and add a lot of value. So I was doing that. Then I had like a free training that I did. That was like basically essentially what it was, was I forget how long it was, but it was telling them like, most of you guys right now are hiring, like, are not even hiring. You have like a volunteer that's like someone's mom or your, their grandma or someone that's like trying to do your social media, but they have no training. I'm like, would you just have a random volunteer build your church? Like, it just doesn't make sense. They need to have some type of training or background or knowledge. So instead of you feeling like you need to have this big team, give me one of your volunteers. I will train them on what mm. to do. They will be able to efficiently run your social media. And if that person ever leaves, you'll still have the training. So I had this like webinar, like BSL. So what I would do is I'd run like Facebook ads to this training. Uh, either people would book a call from there or 
I would send them to my YouTube and it would like nurture them. And then some people would see me from there. So driving traffic to this, uh, to this training and then following up with the YouTube, people would get on a call and then we would close them. And it just so happened. I think it was just like perfect timing to where it was during the, during the pandemic. So like yeah. all the churches closed. So they were like, either I have to invest in something or I'm not going to be able to reach anyone. And we were mm. kind of like only offered that was out there that any of them would see. And I think just how human psychology works. A lot of them are like, there's, we don't really see any offers like this. And like, there's no black people that are running this. Like, oh, we want to support like our own people type of thing. So hmm. it was like, I was like the only person ever showing up offering what we had. Um, so I think at that moment in time, it was just like a perfect combination of like everything. I don't even know what to say. I think it's amazing how it just like happens from one day to another. But if you listen to what happened to you, you put a lot of effort and a lot of technology, a lot of strategy into this in a way that many things came together at the same time. So now it actually makes sense what you say, that you have the knowledge, you have what it takes, but you need to be consistent and you need yes. to wait until it actually happens. And I think now now that you explained what you actually had, it doesn't mean that you just need to do a little bit. You need to do a lot and then wait yeah. until it's actually going to happen. And I think right. that's, that's, that's amazing because your offer was right. Uh, your market was super right. The timing became right. And and then it just all got together, which is amazing. So what do you do now? Are you still in the same business? No. So I think like what I realized and what I realized over time was like, I didn't really like that. I, I just like being super honest about this. So like I just really got tired of working with pastors. And now I know why. But at the time, I, I know why more now which I'll get to in a minute. But basically, I was not just like, I'm doing this for the money. Um, the reason why I ended up working with pastors to begin with is that wasn't even my plan. My plan was I had a social media agency. I was helping local businesses with their social media. Mm -hmm. uh, and the issue that I felt like I was running into is like, they didn't want to take my advice. They looked at me as like an employee. And so they would not take my advice. And then like a couple months later, they would go, oh, we're not seeing results. And I'm yeah, like, it's well, not working. yeah. <laughs> you but then they go oh well yeah we just can't afford this anymore so i'm like if i have an online program they can pay but the implementation is up to them so if they don't do it i still got paid and then they can just do whatever you want um so i started sharing these tips online and i was joining a bunch of facebook groups to try to get like a, my ideal clients and there is a, a group called like church social media managers and the advice in there was absolutely awful i'm like oh you guys just do stupid stuff like everything is literally every post is like don't forget, church starts tomorrow at 10 a.m. See you there. I'm like, you guys you guys are just doing bulletin board posts. You never share any value. You never help people mm -hmm. out. Everything is just like, come to church. You're never actually helping people with your social media ever. So I just did a live video of like, man, if I was running a church, like this is like what I would do. And it got like, I don't know, like three or 4,000 views like in this like Facebook group. And wow. then like everyone started messaging me, like, how do we work with you? So my thought process was like, man, if you look at Tony Robbins, Russell Brunson, Gary Vee, Ty Lopez, like all these big business influencers, they are so obsessed, not just with like making money, but like my knowledge has to impact people. I have to share it in a way that people can easily understand it, retain it and then implement on it. And they're obsessed with the results. I feel like church is like, we just want you to come. Like you go to church every single Sunday for your five. 20, 30 years, and you know as much information at, after 30 years as you did when you first went there when you're like 10. So I was like, social media could be a really great way for them to spread their message, help a lot of people, and just like impact my life. But what I realized was a lot of the pastors don't really care about that. 
they're always like, well, what's the ROI? Like how much are, if Bori comes to our church, like how much is she going to tithe? How do I know that she's going to come and pay? How do I know this? How do I know that? And I'm like, dang, like these people aren't really that passionate about like information. Like, like I feel like That's entrepreneurs. crazy. I've, I've never th- think this because I'm, I'm not religious. So I wouldn't know that what's going on within. And when you, when you say that this might be something that they, they would be interested it's the interesting part that you can say this for many other aspects of whoever I meet during their, their work. They just want to sell, 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 sell. And then they don't think about giving value. So, for example, in this particular podcast at this point, I just wanted to create value. And I don't even, uh, I don't even monetize too much of this podcast at this point. It's not, doesn't mean that I'm not going to at one point, but I just really wanted to give some kind of value and introduce yeah. amazing people like you for other people because i think that eventually is going to lead you lead you to the point of you will be able to monetize and if you don't mind i'm going to tell one story about this that also happened to me i remember i give i gave my first talk about my travels it was about 10 years ago in hungary and uh, i had like 60 people showing up which was like full house and i was going there and i was just extremely happy and i was thinking this is like, I'm going there. I'm doing this for free. I put a lot of effort in it. I'm, and I'm, I'm just walking to this location and I'm so excited and I'm so happy I get to spend my time like this. And I'm so happy that I'm going to be there talking about my trip to India, by the way. And, and my mom was asking me, I think uh, that afternoon, she's like, okay, so you put a lot of effort in it. You don't get any money out of this. Why are you doing this? And I said, well, listen, I don't actually know, but they say that if you enjoy something, then you're going to get good at it. And if you're gonna, going to get good at it, then you're going to be able to get money for it. And, and then one or two years later, I had these speeches. I had like 360 people coming. I actually charged them for entry. And then... Uh, a publisher came to uh, to this event and then they asked me to uh, to write a book for them. And that just opened so many other doors. So I think if you actually honestly change your perce- perception and say like, I'm going to give value because I want to give value and full stuff, not because it's going to be good for the algorithm or I'm going to be famous, blah, blah, blah. It's just because you want to be there at that moment. Then I think it's going to create uh, so many amazing and honest and genuine opportunities for you. Yeah. So I think like for me, like what I realized was like, I have to make an impact with like what I'm doing. So if I'm just like working with a bunch of people that most of them, I don't care what anyone says. It's like, it's like from my personal experience, most of the pastors I talk to, like they don't have, like they never talked on that level of like, like what you're saying, like, man, I really just want to help these people. It's all about like an ROI or like who's going to come, who's going to, I'm like, oh my God. So, um, I was like, who who has this passion? Like, who who really desperately wants to impact people with their message? Yes, they want to make money, but they have like a deep uh, cause. And I was like, I think online coaches have this hmm. because like that's what they're selling is knowledge. And if you don't provide value, you can't sell what you're doing because it's not a service or like a product. So I'm like, there's a lot of people that are like, man, I remember when I was. 60 pounds obese. And I want to help people overcome that problem like I did. I remember when I went through a divorce and I want to help people overcome this, like those types of people. So I shifted from helping pastors to now helping um, online coaches. 
And we just got super narrow with our focus. So instead of just like social media, it's like YouTube. So using what helped me be able to now generate almost like $400,000, I'm like, let us get you on YouTube so you can impact more people, but not only get on YouTube. I think a lot of people aren't on YouTube because they feel like they have to have a fancy camera, editing, lighting, mm. microphone, all this type of stuff. I'm like, over the past three years, I literally, like I was saying before, recorded off of my phone. I just focus on like, just get these people to like me and add a ton of value and just do that consistently. And that's what worked. And so now that's what we're doing is like helping coaches use YouTube to um, attract clients um, without needing fancy editing, microphone, all that type of stuff, just by creating these like simple, authentic, valuable videos. And my thing is like, we should all like what you're doing. is like almost everyone or pretty much everyone that can should be creating content in some way, shape or form because there's somebody out there that needs it. Maybe not a million people need the information you have. Maybe not 100,000 people, maybe not a thousand, maybe not even a hundred, but maybe there's 60 people or 20 people or whatever. But almost everyone has a certain amount of knowledge of one topic that if they were to share that, maybe not always have a podcast, but maybe even an Instagram post or whatever it is, like they would be able to change other people's lives. And like you said, um, if you want to, if you keep doing that on a consistent basis, opportunities always open up, whether that's being asked to be on someone's show like this, a publisher comes, you get to write a book, like whatever it is. But I really feel like content in the form of like sharing your knowledge is like always a good thing to do. It makes the world a better place. And if you have a product or service that you're selling, like, and you get more people to like you and trust you, then you're going to be taken care of as well. hundred percent. I, 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 and I think that's why the internet is amazing because yeah, of course, at one point you're going to monetize whatever you have to offer, but we have so many different views on the world that we can, we can share. And then this makes people feel a little bit less lonely. As you said, you wanted yeah. to change something and then you, you, you manage because of the internet. I'm in the same journey as you and, and I learned so much on the internet. And, and I think some people are getting a little bit uh, upset with technology and then wherever you're going to go now with the technology. Uh, but I think what happens is that you, you can choose to feel more connected. You can choose to feel more alone with this, uh, with this technology that we have ahead. And I think it's amazing that there are all these online coaches that you are helping and other people who are helping businesses to thrive and, and everything that happens, that it's available for you. You just need to go. And then also that you can create and you can be part of the conversation. I think that's also super amazing. Yes. Um, one question though, like I know that you, you're creating consistently, you know, and I'm not saying that I'm suffering, but I use it as a challenge. Uh, my, my perspective with this podcast particularly I'm having one episode out every week. The same goes for you, I think, uh, on your channel. Yeah. And I learned a lot from you on how to do that. Uh, and I would love if you would share it with the world, like how to create co more consistently uh, on the internet, any kind of content that you're creating. I think the first step, which is very simple, is make it about them, not you. Uh, going back to like, if you believe that the knowledge that you have can help other people, it's really the most selfish thing you can do is not to put it out because you're like, oh, well, I don't want to start a podcast because I have to use my uh, headphones and they're not even AirPods. They're the wired ones. And that's not going to look good. And people aren't going to. It's like, bro, you know what I mean? Or it's like, oh, my wall is white. And it's like I don't have a, a neon sign in the background and all this stuff that people really worry about. And I'm like, if you're teaching people video editing or something like that, or you're trying to create like a show based purely on entertainment, I get that. But when you're sharing like knowledge, like right now, if we're talking about like how to get through a divorce or how to avoid, avoid a divorce, a woman that's like 
depressed and, and really questioning her life, does not care what color the wall is, does not care what the air to headphones look like. She's just like, give me this information. That way I can go use it to impact my life. So I think the first thing is like, you have to get over yourself of like wanting to be perfect, wanting everything to look right. And you just have to get started. So whether that, if that's a podcast, literally just start, start the podcast and also realize that the first one is not going to be like this episode we're doing right now better not be the best episode you ever do. Like, it's just right. Cause it's like, it's one of the first ones. It's like, I, I hope that the next one gets better than the next one gets better. And the next, like, and if you plan on doing this for a long time, this is going to be one of like hundreds, if not thousands. Yeah. So I think sometimes people think like we're treating this episode right here, that like it's the only one that's ever going to exist. So it's like, just get started put stuff out there. It's not going to be perfect, but most people don't struggle with uh, the quality. They don't struggle with what it looks like. They struggle with the consistency. So I'm like, tackle that part first. Like put out an episode of your podcast every week for two months. And if you can do that, then get better headphones, then do all this other type of stuff that you want to do, right? Then figure out, hey, instead of Zoom, use Riverside or whatever it is, but just get started with like what you have. Same with YouTube, pull out your phone, record. Yes, your thumbnails are going to suck. Your titles are going to suck. You're going to suck at what you're saying, but the videos are out there for people to see. And you never know like what those opportunities come about. Like I've put out videos and episodes or whatever that I thought was bad, but you know, someone might see it. That's like, oh, wow. I did like, I did a video like off my phone, like on my story. And some dude was like, oh bro, you're walking like by my house. Like he's from France and he moved to Budapest ended up seeing that. And then from there, like he ended up becoming like one of our clients. It's like, you never really know like who's watching or who needs your information. It's not always about the perfect it is. So I think whether it's Instagram, TikTok, podcast, whatever it is, like use what you already have, like just get started. And your main goal should be to just spread value and then just be yourself. Cause like, there's not a lot of authenticity now. It's just a lot of like, mm-hmm. make it look as pretty as possible. Like I have a professional podcast mic. I have a great studio, but then it's like, Everyone feels like now that they have to be perfect and put on a show in order to be someone online versus just being authentic. What we're doing now, people would be like, wow, this was like a lot of value. Thanks for sharing this. That's really what they care about. So I think just getting started, making it more about them, like, man, they need this knowledge and it'd be selfish for me not to put out a podcast episode Mm. this week, even if it's grainy or it doesn't sound right, or even if the cat walks in, like whatever it is, doesn't matter. Just (laughs) put it out and then, and then you're going to get better over time. That's, that's what I think. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so do you think everybody has something to say for the word? I truly think so. Even if it's, um, like I said, maybe it's not for millions of people, but I don't think everyone is supposed to be like a celebrity. Everyone's not even going to be like a micro influencer, but maybe it's for, you never, you really never know. Like, I feel like a lot of us, we feel like sometimes it's this like, well, Bloody learned how to become an author and speaker and travel the world. Like, I don't have this skill. It's like, okay, that's true. But yesterday you were super depressed and you learned, and then you did something that made you feel happier. Could be, hey, you went into the kitchen and you realized, man, if I uh, get a smoothie, that makes me feel better. Like that could, ha- that, that right there could help someone. Like, man, uh, whenever I'm having a bad day and I'm feeling stuck, I just go outside, go on a walk and I go get a bubble tea or a coffee and it makes me feel a little bit better, right? Saying something like that could help one person of like, oh, let me try to go on a walk today. So I think it's not always like you're trying to sell someone a coaching program or whatever, but it's just like sharing our stories and our testimonials, like our testimony, like along the way um, that a lot of the times it's stuff that I think is like, oh, no one's going to care about that. People are like, yo, thanks for sharing that. Like, I really need that. And almost everyone that I talk to, even... 
I think that's why I like traveling because there's people in Hungary, there's people in Colombia, there's people in Mexico that feel like, oh, I can't like they look at, I guess, like Americans as like they see us like all that's everywhere. Right. Like we're like on the news, see the Kardashians or Michael Jordan, LeBron James, like Kanye West, like all these popular names are typically from America or like Canada or maybe London. And they feel like, oh, I'm Hungarian. Like I would never be able to like be a, be this type of person or I'm Mexican or whatever. But when you talk to them, like you've been through like so many things that you have a lot of valuable information. You've, you've gone through a lot of stuff. Um, so almost everyone I meet has some type of story that they could share. It's either they, a lot of the time, just aren't vulnerable enough to share it. Hmm. Um, but it would be, I'm like, you, you have a lot, you have a lot more information. But I also, it's like, we unfortunately are surrounded by people that don't don't tell us those things it's like oh well why are you doing that speech for free like that doesn't make sense why are you going to india that doesn't make sense why are you doing so like we always have this like doubt um but if you can just like truly believe in yourself and you're just like hey i'm gonna share it if it helps someone help someone if it doesn't i put it out there um i think people will start to realize like yeah you do have a lot of stuff that could again might not be a million people but it's gonna be somebody I am at this point. I'm just like, as soon as we finish with this one, I'm going to record like five more new ones. You're, you're inspiring me so much in this one. You're doing, yeah, you definitely, um, you definitely worth your money. <laughs> yeah, I'm already like, oh my God. Um, I hope that when you're listening to this, dear listener, you feel the same way. And we are really looking forward to whatever you're putting out there. And then just like tag us if this inspired you to create your first video, because we definitely want to see that. Um, there's another follow-up question. So uh, that's really good that you said that on the first one, it might be a little bit more uh, difficult to create. And I'm learning so much in this progress. So this is going to be the 19th episode that comes out. And uh, even in, uh, d- during 20 episodes, more or less 20 episodes, I learned so much on how to create this and how to put things together. So I'm just looking forward to see what else is possible. But one of the biggest things that I've learned is that um when i'm doing a solo episode and i think many people you you as well do a lot of solo solo episodes and you do mainly solo actually yeah all my YouTube stuff is just me you just like uh so i found that that's way more difficult for me to put together unless for example for me if there is a story that helpful what other tricks do you use to be able to speak so consistently so well put so yeah articulate as you are right now do you have any tools for that I do. I think really, I just don't care, man. Like, I think like I've done it for, I, I like, and it's not like a, I don't care what people think. I think for me, it's really like, I've seen it. Like I've seen it so many times to where like, I'll post something and I think it's like, I have an idea in my head and I'm like, ah, this is not going to get a lot of likes or a lot of views. And I post it and it doesn't get a lot of likes or a lot of views, but I get one message that's like, yo, I really needed that. So I'm like, you never really know, like what you feel like is not articulated properly. or doesn't come across as good. Like someone else doesn't really care about that. You know what I mean? Like if some, if you're like, Hey, here's how to go to India. Like I went to India and then here's a couple of tips. Like when you get there to help you like have a good trip and maybe you're stuttering, like, I don't care. Like, well, I'm about to go to India. I need those tips. You know what I mean? So <laughs> thank you for sharing that so much. It's the same as like, if you're going out to coffee with someone, like you're not going to always say it like perfectly to speak, but I think for most people, what I have them do is I think it's like a four or five step process, which is like first thing that you want to do is think of like, what are you afraid of? Like, what is the thing you're scared of? So a lot of people will say, well, I'm afraid that like I don't have the best setup for my podcast. Let's say that. Right. Or, hey, I'm afraid that if I do a a solo podcast that I'm not going to be able to come up with ideas or something like that. So then the next thing I tell them to do is like, what's the worst case scenario? Right. So 
oh, I want to have a solo podcast, but I'm not going to be able to come up with ideas. I'm not going to be able to talk that long. Okay, so what's the worst case scenario? Like, well, in some of the episodes when I'm speaking, I'm going to like pause or I'm going to mess up or it's going to be awkward. I'm like, okay, cool. So that's like the worst case scenario in your mind. Or maybe, you know, people will make fun of me or they're going to say, oh, you're Hungarian. Why are you trying to do like an English podcast? And they're making fun of you in the comments. So then I'm like, so then how would you handle that? Like, what would you do? Like, let's say that that came true. It's like, well, okay, if I was stuttering, I would just, I don't know, edit out the mistakes. Or if they were making fun of me, I would either delete it or I just, I wouldn't care. I'm like, okay, so then what is your why? What What is the reason why you're doing this, right? Like, what's the best case scenario? It's like, well, maybe I could grow a podcast that reaches hundreds of thousands of people. I could change their lives. I could open become digital nomads, better entrepreneurs, blah, blah, blah. So then I'm like, is it worth it then? Like, is you know, possibly getting made fun of once every three months of your accent worth you mm. maybe reaching hundreds of thousands of people, right? So people start to see in their mind, like, okay, I know what the worst case scenario is. It's not that bad. If it, if it did happen, I know how I would handle it. And I know like what my why is. So then now it just comes down to like, okay, now just get started. Like, and, and accept the fact that it's probably not going to be that good. Like when you first do. And then you just have to learn along the way. So let's say for you, it's like, you're putting out a, solo podcast, like you just get started. It's not going to be that good. Then you're going to realize like, what are the mistakes? Well, man, it doesn't feel good when I can't come up with topics. Okay. So that's, so then just go learn how to come up with topics. You know what I mean? So it's like, go learn that thing or, Hey, I'm not really good at speaking. Okay. There's a lot of stuff for that. Go to Toastmasters, like watch YouTube videos on speaking. So you're just like putting yourself out there, not having the fears. And then as you're doing stuff, just like learning along the way. But I think a lot of people, it's not really the knowledge is just like the getting started. That's why my whole thing is like, just, just go do it. Like once you put yourself out there, it's not going to be as hard as they're like, Oh wow, you're right. It's not as hard as I Yeah. Ever. Do you do any preparations before, uh, before you hit the record button? So, I mean, yeah, like, do you have like a mind map or <laughs> something that helps you? That's a good question because, um, I think a lot of people are like, man, you just pull out your phone and record. And I'm like, ah, yeah, it does. It does look like that sometimes, but that's not it. So like there's people I used to think were like that, but it's not, that's not the case. So sometimes I do do that, but I've done it long enough to where I can like kind of formulate it in my mind. So if we're talking like, I don't really know about a podcast. Podcast is kind of, kind of the same, but you have more room to like mess up and just talk. And if you have like a 30 second short, there's like less time. And if you have like a 10 minute YouTube video, a little bit more, but still. So essentially on YouTube and in shorts, what I would do is like you have like some type of a hook, which is like a question um, that you're asking someone, then maybe you're giving context to the video. That's what I like to do. So, for example, um, let's say if I was like recording a, a YouTube video on like making a podcast, right? How do you get started on your first podcast? Then I'll give context to the video. Maybe I'm outside like. Hey, I'm just like outside in Budapest right now, like just walking around. But like, this is a question, like one of my friends just asked me on her podcast. So I want to like maybe answer it for you guys as well. Then I just go into the content. So what I would suggest doing is blah, blah, blah. And then if you want them to do something at the end, you have like a call to action. So I would say, hey, this is what you do. By the way, if you actually want me to help you like get started with your podcast or be more popular on camera, like I have a program where you could, we could help you with that. Like just send me a DM and I'll help you. So that's kind of like my framework. It's like the hook maybe some context so of where you're recording because a lot of times I'm just like out and about um, the content and then like a call to action like I did. Okay. Wow. That's a lot of, uh, yeah, I, I, that's a lot of things. <laughs> I like when people go like, yeah, no, 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 it's just going to be super easy quickly. Uh, uh, but I, I like that you have already like such a structure. I think what what's uh, gr great in your content, so I encourage everybody to go and check them out. 
is that you speak really freely, but that is why you're having like such a such a neat structure on like point one, point two, point three. Yeah. So, actually, so it's super easy to remember them as well. I'm, I'm grateful that you're sharing all these tips. There is one thing that I promised the listeners in the beginning of this podcast and that we would uh, change a little bit of the topic that we are talking right now. We, we start talking about how to travel with a family uh, if you're open to talk about that. So you have a daughter. How old is she? She's 11, about to be 12. Wow, okay. Uh, so what do you think is the difference between traveling with a family and traveling solo? First of all, like, why do I do, why do people do that? I'm like, She's 11, about to be 12. Like people always say that. It's like, yeah, 12 always comes after 11 or like eight. eight. It's like she's seven, about to be eight. It's like, yeah, like all seven-year-olds are about to be eight. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I understand. Like, yeah. Like, like we, we all point, do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's 11, about to be 12. It's like, but yeah. But when you say that, I always think that the, she's about to become 12 in like next month. So like in two yeah, months. Yeah, that's why like, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. All right. So wait, the question was, how do we travel like with the family? Yeah. So what's the difference between, I'm, I guess you didn't travel uh, so no i never left i never uh traveled like just solo so i don't even know mm-hmm. what that's like <clears throat> so how does it for example how does it work with the with, uh, with your daughter is she homeschooled or what yeah what? so to give like full transparency so like when I, uh me and my wife got married like she already had a daughter so she was like three or something when we first met but at first we had to even work it out like with her dad like of what to do so they were doing this thing of like six months and six months which my wife after doing that again, was like, like, like that's like way too long. Um, so that was like one thing. The next thing I think that we got lucky about is like because of COVID, we were forced to homeschool. Um, like at first it wasn't homeschooling. The, the school was giving you the work. Like because no one, I think maybe you guys even did that here in Hungary. Like yeah. no one was going to school, so they had to give it to you online. Yeah. So then we were like, okay, we're already doing this. This is so much better. She can just get everything. She usually gets everything done before like lunch. So it's like, why would you go to school to like 5 p.m.? It still makes sense. So we're like, all right, let's just keep homeschooling. Um, and I think uh, for the first year or two, they did homeschooling from like the U.S., like the school program. So it was like the same thing she'd be learning in school, um, but you're just doing it traveling or doing it at home. And I think now my wife found out some like other program, like you can like find a online homeschooling program um, that okay. they do. So she's the one that pretty much helps like with all that. Uh-huh. And uh, what about socializing for her? Because I loved going to school because of the schoolmates, like my friends that, that I made there. Um, but I'm an extrovert, so I can imagine that yeah. it's not the case for me. I don't know. It's, it's different. Like for me, I, that's how I was too. But for her, she's like, she she wants to hang out with like our friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just different. Um, I think, I, I don't know. I think it's just from us traveling and her being around us. It's just like, she has different conversations than like kids do. Like mm-hmm. uh, when I went to the States uh, recently, she sent me a text message and she was like, hey, she just started like crocheting like recently. And uh, some of like our friends, like older friends, like from the States saw it. And then she was like, hey, some people want to like buy some of my crocheting like items. What do you think I should charge them? She's like, this is how much it costs me for the yarn. This is how Love much it. the labor is. This is how much I feel like it's worth, but I still need to ship it. It's like, you know. A little entrepreneur, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's like being around kids sometimes, I think she gets like annoyed uh, because like they just like, like the conversations are like so different. Um, but we do want to like try to find that. that that's that been, I think, the most difficult part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say is like finding other people that have kids that, 
you also get along with the parents and like get along with the kids. <laughs> yeah, I think there's actually this is the beginning of this era because this starts to be a problem. So I think it was there was no solution because that was not a problem. People usually stayed at home with their kids. Yeah. Um, I mean, staying home meaning you know staying put uh, or being location dependent. Uh, but now I heard that there is more and more um, uh, startups that actually tackle this problem. I uh, heard about a really cool school system, like families traveling around uh, system. I, I figured this out, and then if I found it, then I'm going to put it in show notes and send it to you as well. But yeah, the whole nice. idea is that they they actually have a school for people who are remote, and then they, oh. you would go for these that different locations. And and um, the, sc- the kids can go to school and then you can hang out with the adults and co-work with the adults and then they give you apartments and then they establish it in various different um, places of the world. So it's coming. It's going to going to be solved, I think, really soon. Really hope, hope so. I think, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm planning to have an interview with the founder there as well. So let's hope that it's coming up. Um, but what uh, also happens is that um, I think when people are traveling with, with their kids, how is it for you to to open up to new friendships? Is it like because for me as a solo traveler, I always need to be super out there and meeting a lot of people and then putting an extra effort. It, how is it for you? Do you do you have a community in Budapest now? Oh, so this is what I all right. This is what I was talking about earlier when I was like, I realized like why I didn't like working. I feel like with with the pastors as much as I do with entrepreneurs, and like I did this um, exercise earlier this week or last week, I can't remember. But basically they're like, figure out like your goal and then why do you want to do it? But then go like seven times deep, right? You've probably done this before. So it's like, why do you want to do this? Okay, well, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to do that? Blah, blah, blah. I have done it a long time ago. So it's, it's let's just go because if somebody haven't done it, then let's just say this again. So first you say what you want to do and then you ask why you want to do this. And then you ask again, how does it work? Okay, so like <laughs> basically they're like, you need to come up with a... The struggle with or the issue with a lot of us is like we don't have like a specific goal. So it's like, okay, you have a business, but like, what are you trying to do? A lot of the times every day we're just working, but like we're like grow a business. But like, what does that mean? Do you want to be like a millionaire? Do you want to have enough money to travel? If you want to travel, how often do you want to travel? What country? Like, we don't really know. A lot of times we're just doing stuff. So they're like, imagine if you're playing tennis. There's a different route to going to tennis for college and going to tennis to be a professional. You're going to have to do different things. So like, it's the same thing in your life, the different, like, if you want to travel every week is going to be different than like, oh, I just want to travel sometimes. So like, you need to have like goals. So once you have like a specific goal you're trying to achieve, you're going to ask yourself why seven times. So let's say like, I want to travel the world as a digital nomad. Why do you want to travel the world as a digital nomad? I want to have freedom. Why do you want to have freedom? And so on and so on and so on. So like, what I realized about myself is my passion is like helping other people like see the value in themselves and like help them like reach their like full potential. Um, and I think the reason why that is, is because when I was growing up, I felt like I had a lot of potential, but I didn't have a lot of people I felt like truly believe me. Either like my parents doubted me or people would say, yeah, but then like they're not really pushing you to like really go achieve it. It's kind of like a fake like, oh, yeah, you could like start this podcast, but are you sure that's really what you want to put your time into? Mm-hmm. Because maybe you should get another like it's kind of like that so now that i have started to achieve different things i know how it feels and so now when i go to these other countries like that's actually like my main thing like i don't really care too much about like going to the tourist attractions i'm like i want to like connect with like people make like relationships 
And then if I can help anyone out like along the way, like that's what I love to do. So for me, I think just like my energy is like pretty easy for me to like make friends. Cause like, even if I go out to get a coffee, I'm always like, yo, how's your day going? Like, how are you doing? And they're like, ah, it's all right. I'm like, it's all right. What do you mean? Like, it's all right. Like, well, what's going on? So I'm usually like, friends. yeah, because like, you're asking these questions for Hungarians. You're never supposed to ask questions. How are you? Uh, us Eastern Europeans, we actually answered, answer you. The yeah. Two hours thing. later, we're like drinking a coffee <laughs> together. And it's like, they had a clock out of their whole shift. <laughs> and then, you know, all the traumas that this person went through. You never did. You never yeah. asked this question unless you have two hours for the answer. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so hard I, think, I, I think like, that's just my nature. Like I love doing that. So I have a lot of people I've met, like the co-working space, people from church and then just people in general, I think just out and about meeting them and connecting to them on Facebook and stuff. So, um, I think for me, it's like, I feel like I always tell my wife, I'm like, if you just left me and you could pick a random place on the map. And then if you came back in like two weeks, I'd probably know like a lot of people. Yeah. So I just like, sure. yeah. as I know you definitely, that's hundred percent true. That's actually how we met. We met in a, in this co-working space called Cuphead, which is the best co-working space in the world for me. Back. I loved it. And um, that's where we met. And then he was just somebody who's just like, oh, as you can imagine, dear listener, D was like, cop that famous in like a second like everybody knew who he is he, he was friends with everybody so yeah for you um uh, socializing is super easy right so that's uh, that's something that that works and then how does uh, how does it go for your for your wife so she's homeschooling your daughter and helping you out um what else is she doing like how is she doing this part of her life yeah i don't i wouldn't say that she hates it but she's always like she's like it's difficult for me to like connect with other people i can yeah. define like genuine relationship um i think for me sometimes it can be like because i'm going to like co-working spaces or places for like business like it's easier to like meet people um but if I'm speaking honestly, and you know, even if she was here, I, I, I think for most people, I say that's a lot. That's like usually I think is like excuses, right? I think if you want to connect with people, you can't wait. And I was telling them, like, you can't wait for them to reach out. Like, you can't be like, oh, well, um, Juji didn't text me first. So, like, well, obviously she doesn't want to hang out. I'm like, if you want to hang out, like, you got to ask people. And if those people don't want to hang out, then you got to go to other groups. Like, you got to go to salsa or you got to go to whatever. Um, and then also, she's used to being more in like the hispanic community where like that's not really like a, as much of a thing here whereas like for me i've lived in so many different places where i just i really don't care i'm like we in hungry we in mexico i'm doing whatever y'all doing we in india i guess we sit on the ground eating roti like it is what it is like to yeah. me. um so i know like for her it's not as easy so a lot of the like friends that like we have a lot of mutual friends uh but i have been noticing now i think she's going more in like these um Facebook groups that have moms or other travelers. And I think they even have like some Hispanic speaking groups or Spanish speaking groups um, that for digital nomads. Um, so she's starting to do that more, but um, I think it's just different personality groups. Like she's not as like outgoing and wanting to connect with people as I am. <clears throat> hmm. So why do you think that there's not that many traveling or nomad families? So what do you think is the reason for families not going remote? excuses <laughs> like it's always funny when people meet me like and they don't know who i am and they're like uh like like for example when i was in the states and they're like oh like where are you coming where are you from and i was like oh i'm from indiana but i live in hungary and like oh man i really want to do that that's cool that you're getting to do that while you're young because you know when you get like married and you have like kids like that it would be like too hard to do i'm like oh i am married they're like yeah but i mean like when you have kids i'm like yeah we have kids they're like oh 
I'm like, yeah, you can do it if you really want to do it. Like, I think especially for people in the States, I'm like, like, how do you do what you're doing? I'm like, you realize like what I, the life I'm living is like a third cheaper than like the life that you live, right? Yeah. I'm like, you're paying like $2,000 per month on rent and like $1,000 for your car and gas and like all this other stuff. So I think people don't, they don't know the opportunities that are out there. And because they feel like it's too hard, they don't do the research. Like for some reason, like they feel like, I don't know. I feel like people feel like just by researching their committing and the thought of committing like scares them. It's like, they don't even want to go into Google and be like, how much would it cost to live in Hungary? Or like, how much is a flight? Like, I'm like, yo, just look at, look up, look on your phone and, oh yeah, I'll do that later. I'm like, well, why do it later? Like, just look. So I think it just like overwhelms them. But in reality, I think um, now doing it with multiple kids, maybe that's a limited belief for me, but I feel like it would be a lot difficult, a lot more difficult. Um, if you're having to buy a whole bunch of plane tickets every single time, you're having to take like five people out to dinner every single time. <laughs> if you have like one or two, and especially if they're not like a baby, I feel like it's very yeah. uh, possible to do. <clears throat> okay. I love that your action shows Hungary and then you're like such an advocate for Hungary. Uh, imagine oh. that before, before you arrived here, uh, here, I'm in Lisbon by the way right now, so before you arrived to Budapest, um, <laughs> We were, I think we had a little bit more digital nomads than we have right now. And I asked around my nomad friends, why do they think that happens? I think the, there's like way less people than it was like a few years ago. And, and then their answer was uh, that they think it's because uh, they, want, they don't want to go to a racist place. That's what they, that's what they told me. So I just really want to ask your take on this one. Um, how do you feel the locals are? Because that's that general view right now that I get back. And I'm just like super curious. Of course. Yeah. I have my own take on that one too. I, I think, uh, it's funny. It's interesting. Like, <clears throat> I don't know if, uh, you or the people that are listening know this guy. His name is uh, Eric Thomas. He goes by ET, the, the hip hop preacher, but he's like a really big social media influencer. So. Uh, when I was at one of his recent speeches, he was like, man, I just got back from Italy and my, my kids were in like a, some uh, high-end fashion show. He's like, we got first-class seats, like all of us stayed at the best hotels. Like I got paid like two or $300,000, like speak over, like all these types of things. He's like, and then I'll come back home and people are like, that's irresponsible. Like, why do you pay so much like to do this? And blah, blah. He's like, why are you worried about like what I'm doing for my kids? Like you need to go out there and provide for your kids. And he's like, and then people are like, you're going to act like racism doesn't exist. Like it's hard. Not everyone can do that. And he's like, I'm not saying racism doesn't exist. I'm just saying it's not going to stop me from doing what I need to do. And so he's like, I just don't pay attention to it. I think it's the same, like for me in Hungary, like I, I think people get too worked up over, like you go to a cafe and someone doesn't serve you fast enough or they look at you wrong. And people are like, that person's racist. I'm like, how do you know? How do you know? Like you're literally making that up. Did they tell you they don't like you because you're black? Or are you assuming that? Like, how do you, like, you literally don't know, like, why they're looking at you this way or why they did that. And I think a lot of people also, when they go to these other countries, they're expecting them to give the good energy. And if that person gives good energy, they give it back. Whereas I don't do that. I'm like, I'm going to give you happy vibes. You can give it back to me. And if not, then I'm just going to go to the next person. I just don't understand the point of being uh, overwhelmed with that. Now, there are places where I feel like they're so racist to where it's like they're going to point at you or they're going to make it hard on you or they might be violent against you. Um, I haven't been I can't really speak on Hungary as a whole because I haven't mm -hmm. been to a lot of cities. But if I talk to like Budapest, I feel like that's not the vibe. I feel like that's not the energy. And I feel like most of the people that I talk to are super friendly. They're always like asking, like, what can they do for me? Can they give me directions or cook for me or whatever it is? So 
I don't know. I just feel like for me, it's like if you give people positive energy, like everybody here has been super cool. Um, most people I feel like are um, pretty honest. So they don't do this American thing where it's like, oh, hey, how are you? Like, we should hang. It's just like they don't want to hang out with you. They're not going to ask you. You know what I mean? And if they do <laughs> yeah, want definitely. They are going to ask you. Um, so I don't know. Like I've had other people like that are like, oh, there's not black people in Hungary. I wouldn't go. And I'm like, I just I never felt like I need to have people that have the same skin color as me to be comfortable because I'm like just because you're black don't mean that we're the same please don't ever mistake that like just because we were we were born and we didn't even make a decision to be born in this color does not mean we're the same like our mind and our actions make us the same um, so I'm like I only look for people that are like minded and have like that positive energy so I can understand if you want different cultural things but I have never felt like man this is like such a racist place mm. and it's so negative i i haven't personally experienced that okay yeah well d you're definitely someone to look up to i would say that your mindset and then how you see the world and uh the amount of work that you put into searching something different and finding something different and showing other people how they can do it i think that's admirable and i just wanted to thank you uh not only not only this interview because we are getting at the end of this interview but also the amount of wisdom that you shared in this particular episode and then for the rest of the for the rest of the internet that you're doing i think yeah i highly encourage everybody to look him up we're going to put everything in the show notes is there anything that you're doing right now that you want to attract the attention on that might be useful for the people who are listening to this yes whenever i run for prime minister in hungary just vote for me everybody please not <laughs> yes i'm down right now let's do it let's make it happen please run for president i can translate for you <laughs> yeah that would be so funny they're like what you're the prime minister in hungary uh no i mean if you want to connect with me instagram is like the best way because you can send like messages there it's just mm-hmm. Green D with two E's, green with with the E at the end. So greeny, I guess, technically. YouTube is like where I post like a lot of my content. So I would say those are like the best two ways. I guess a plug if like anybody is looking to work with us. We actually just launched something this week, which I'm really excited about. So I know like a lot of people, their issue is like just getting started. So we have these like high-end programs I talked about. They're like $3,000, $10,000, $25,000 for people to join. Um, but for people that are just looking to get started and really want to make an impact, what I wanted to help them do is like launch their channel, get to their first 100 to 1,000 subscribers. And if they have a business, make at least $1,000 to $3,000 per month in their business. And so we just launched a new offer where we're doing that. You can literally get help free for 14 days. And then after that, it's only $97 a month. Um, and there's like a course, there's a community. And I also do like live calls with people. Um, so if anybody's interested in that, just shoot me a message on Instagram or whatever, and I can get you in and check that out. That sounds super fun. All right. Dee, thank you so much for your time and I hope to see you somewhere in the world. Let's do it. I'll be out there soon. <laughs> All right, cool. See you soon then. You are listening to the In Search of Something Different podcast where we talk about new ways and ideas on how we live, work and connect. If you like this episode, don't forget to give us a five-star rating as it helps in this world. And also, you can say hi on Instagram. You can find the show under In Search of Something Dash Different. I'll come back to you soon with the next episode, but until then, don't forget to stay curious.